good. Okay. Live. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ooh. Yeah. Do you know what that was? What's that? What's that? Ooh. Just nope. cracked open a beer, mate. We cracked open a beer. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I better intro it. Welcome back to the Carpangular Chronicles. <laughs> We've been gone for a while, uh, to be honest. Apologies about that. Um, Obviously, we just had Tommy Bish on, Tommy, Tom Bishop, Tommy the gun, the machine gun. Um, but other than that, we've, we've been absent, and we do apologize about that. Brief, mercifully brief explanation. Uh, we met up for, a, for our social session that we've been, that we've been uh, hamming up for a while. Um, we did record one. It wasn't great. It was a bad vibe. Maybe we'll come on to it later on. Um, so we ditched that. So this is the long-awaited bait part two so many messages i should have counted them actually but we've had so many messages of people asking when we're going to do bait part two and that is now we're actually going to splice it in with your questions in fact i think to be honest we're just going to be answering listeners questions today and they're pretty much all about bait so we're probably going to be you know non-stop talking about bait so let's just call it bait part two um, it's also a bit of an on the bank episode. Um, me, Sam, I'm in my, uh, in my office recording this and Pete is out on the bank. Pete, why don't you fill everyone in and me? I don't know what you're doing or where you are. Fill us in, mate. Set the scene. What's happening? Um, so I'm at my club water, the one I've been targeting all year and I've been failing miserably. Uh, I guess we can talk about that as well or not talk about it actually. That'd be nicer. Um, but I've not been... Oh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, I've been off the ball for the last probably three weeks. I've not been down here at all. I don't think I've even walked around with the kids or anything. Um, so I've, no bait's gone in. I've been off the ball. Um, <clears throat> last time I was here, uh, I fished a new swim. Uh, and I saw a lot of fish showing as well. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to plot up tonight. And the wind's really trickling into that corner. Uh, and I gave you a test call. And the signal down there is just a joke. So, being a trooper that I am for the podcast, I'm fishing in an unfavourable swim. So I've got decent phone signal, so we can do this. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? So yeah, so I'm fishing. Uh, it's a it's a swim that I've fished a lot. Um, I've just got rods down either margin. Uh, it shelves off pretty deep to about twenty foot in front of me. Um, so I'm just tight into the margin. Uh, on my right hand spot, it's quite weedy. Um, so I'm just on the edge of a bit of weed. Uh, and guess what I'm fishing for bait? Can you guess? Something you've given um, me. It's a bait. No. Um, something I've given you. Mm. Um, I don't know, some kind of particle. Have you done my, my nut trick? No. Are we going to talk about that or not? No. I've, um, okay. right, but the reason that. I'm using this, mate, I'm using the uh, Baitworks Creamino Shh. that you gave me. Joking. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a bit of you when I when I heard that bait come out. Mm. Um, I use their other boilies when I'm being lazy, when I'm not using particle or my own paste and stuff. Yeah, that sounds like it. Just sounds like a bit of you, doesn't it, Pete? Yeah, I I quite like it to be honest. It's it's a bit different, mm. isn't it, for a bird's like bird seed bait. It's um, I don't know. It's very dark in appearance. It's a... quite yeasty. Uh, it's got Is there bird seed in it? Yeah, it's got it's loads of hemp seed in there, like full hemp seed. I thought you'd used it, mate. I thought you'd be um No, no. But yeah, no, it's got it's definitely got some bird seed in there. There's a lot of hemp seed in there as well. Mm -hmm. 
the only reason I'm using it. So you gave me this. It's been in the boot of the car waiting for its first little trial. But um, I actually left my nuts at home. I got them out of the mm. freezer. They're defrosting on their own at home. Well, I thought, because we hadn't seen each other for so many years, I thought we'd be doing gifts. So I thought, oh, I'll get, oh, I was going getting bait anyway, getting some boilie for myself. I thought, I'll get Pete, get Pete a little bag of this. Actually, I got you like four gifts, I think. <laughs> three. Yeah, three gifts. What? Three. What did you get me, Pete? You got you a bottle of proper job, mate. Yeah. Well, you didn't. No, you didn't. You just didn't. <laughs> you didn't drink all your beers. So <laughs> when we said our goodbyes, you just chucked it in my boot or something. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did, actually, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah. yeah mate that liquid you gave me the the, the unknown liquid i've still got that in my tub mm. it really is gotten it's quite smelly yeah anyway pete set set the scene of where you're fishing just so everyone we, we all know what's going on and then i think we need to jump into these questions yeah it's not much more to say really uh it's a sunday evening you're fishing i'm fishing yeah. um i've Baited light because I've not been down here for a while. It's heavingly busy on the weekends. So I've come here on a Sunday. I've actually got a lake to myself. I can only assume it's been busy. So I've decided to put in not too much bait because I imagine they've seen a lot over the weekend. Um, traps are you, set. You're literally just fishing. Sorry, mate. Literally just fishing over boilie. Just over boilie. Just crumb some up. Yeah, and that's it. All right. Awesome. So, uh, first off, thank you to everyone that's messaged us, not even necessarily for the for, for questions. Um, we've been getting so many messages, and it's actually really, really nice to read them all. So, uh, I don't think you're being a nuisance or anything like that. I think some of you think, like, oh, I shouldn't message them. Uh, you absolutely can. Like, honestly, it's really, really nice. I'll always make time to, to respond to everyone. Um, so, yeah, dr drop us a message on Instagram if, if you want to say hello or, or anything, or, or Facebook. Pete picks up Facebook, don't you, mate? Yes, I do, Sam. We're pretty busy on there, yeah. mate. Um, a lot going on. <laughs> so let's jump into these questions. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. What we've got to do, tipple of the episode. Mm. Pete, what are you drinking? Well, mate, because we were doing a pod um, and I'm fishing. I'm on the bank. I'm having a lager and I'm having a Saint Etienne, uh, which is a... Oh, traditional. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people probably think, what the hell? Oh, People coming to swim and be like, "What's with the funny name beer?" <laughs> but it's um, it's just like a little own brand beer. It's like you get a four for like two pound fifty or something. Uh, but back in the day, we used to drink it on the bank all the time, didn't we? So for tradition, that was literally all we could afford. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it's 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 premium strength, um, cheap beer basically. From I thought we got it from the oldie, the new oldie. Well, it was new mm. in Newquay. Oh, yeah, oldie. We used to got it from. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So you got a St. Etienne. I'm actually not drinking for a week. Shock horror. Um, so I'm getting my fat ass in shape. Um, I've hired a coach just for the accountability. Like, I'm not, you know, it's just purely accountability. And yeah, she said um, that she doesn't want me to drink for a week. So I'm not drinking for a week. So, typical of this episode for me, I've got a Waitrose Sunshine Shot with carrot and turmeric. Ooh. Um, yeah, I've got a Rebel Kitchen 100% organic coconut water mm -hmm. made from ma made from nature's best nuts is the slogan. <laughs> um, and then I've got a couple of kombuchas, Equinox organic kombucha, as always. Love this stuff. Uh, I've got pink grapefruit and guava 
and then I've got a raspberry and elderflower. So, dude, very, very girly, <laughs> when, very feminine. When we very healthy, one extreme to the other. When we do the pod normally, you, you list off a load of beers, and I'm just like, this is Sam's excuse just to get beard up. <laughs> but you've got a lot, you've honestly, got a lot of I, drinks, mate. Even when you're not on the beer, <laughs> I'm amazed. Even when I'm not the beer, I like a. Yeah, I like to get into it, and yeah, I, I don't know, I, mate. You know, what I'm like everything I do, I have to do it to extreme, mm-hmm. and that's not me saying I want to do it to extreme. It's just naturally who I am. It's weird. Um, it's really weird. I, in fact, on the um, cart forum, I said this yesterday. I was like, thank, like we were talking about. They were talking about uh, podcast recommendations, so I kind of piped up. <laughs> get, try and get some listeners um no i didn't i piped up and said what i like and then i, I mentioned that we do and, da, da, da. Um, and i said on there like actually i'm like and this is genuine i'm quite embarrassed listening back to a lot of these mm-hmm. episodes I, ha- I have to listen to them back because i'm i'm the one that edits them so listening to myself just slurring words not being able to put sentences together it's i actually genuinely feel quite embarrassed by it so i feel like i need to almost apologize to everyone uh, I am sorry, guys. I think it's what started as a fun thing, typical of the episode. I think I've taken it out of hand. So uh, even on the ones I can drink, I'm going to try and just have a few. Bring, calm it down a little bit. Like, Tommy, yeah, the last one, Tommy Tommy the Gun. Like, I couldn't even finish it off. If you listen to it, like, I, I don't really round the episode off. Um, um, to be honest, though, I li- I li- wait, first of all, uh, I wanted to say this at the beginning episode, and I've completely forgot. I wanted to say, like, good job, because that was a cracking listen, mate, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Tommy's yeah, seems like a really good. decent chap. Um, he can talk. He <laughs> talks and talks, which is a perfect guest for a podcast. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. I think both of you, yeah, really good job, mate. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. Um, my favourite oh, nice favorite takeaway was <laughs> the nicknames. Now, I just assumed he was called Tommy the Gun. <laughs> But it's, <laughs> and it's when you asked him and he was just like, you're the only person who's ever called me that. <laughs> that just made me laugh, mate, because that's just the type of thing you do. <laughs> it gave me a bit of a chuckle. Yeah. Other people that don't know me probably don't get it, though. Probably just sounds stupid. Oh, I don't know, mate. Um, it, was, uh, it was entertaining yeah. and it was a good listen as well. He was a, yeah enjoyable guest. Mm, yeah, he was. He's great. He's uh, had quite a few people message, actually, and say, well, a couple of people, and, and they were like, oh, he's like, clearly a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they said. Something like, along those lines. Um, yeah, well, there we go. There's our tipples of the episode. Um, done and dusted. Let's move on. Sorry to keep you all. Uh, I think I feel like we've been waffling for ages. Yeah. Um, first off, first question um, is from Fishing Fletch. Uh, Fishing Fletch has said enjoyed the latest podcast guys always come away with something i can use in my own fishing uh fishing the squid sauce has really made a difference to my fishing and looking forward to trying the salmigo very soon would be good to hear your views on particles brackets you touched on them in the last podcast fish meals and also pre-baiting keep up the great work and enjoy the whiskey cheers paul thank you paul um i think paul's one of our longer listeners he's, he's messaged us before i believe um i say i believe i've put all these messages onto a document so i can't actually look at our old messages do you want to go first with that pete do you want to give your opinions on each point <laughs> the question what were the main points uh tips for particles nope sorry there's um i could to be honest with you i can see a fish rolling in the distance uh which is oh do you want me to take over and you get a rod on it uh, no 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 it's well beyond my distance mate well beyond my range so yeah, yeah, particle, yeah, great for pre-bait. Um, 
I think as well, if you're fishing like a longer session, you can sort of preoccupy the fish and keep them on the spot longer. Um, yeah. But I think as well, if you if you want a quick bite, it can sort of uh, hinder that. Um, your view, Sam? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely good for pre-baiting. And I'll I'll say why, and I'm, I'm sure this is why you say it. I mean, A, it's inexpensive, so you can hay for mm-hmm. in, not worry too much about the bank. As well as that, it will obviously generally smaller pieces than, say, a boilie. It's going to clear clear the spots well. You're going to get all kinds of fish feed on that, of course. That's not always a bad thing. Um, depend, you know, presuming there's other species of fish within your lake. Most lakes there are. Um, or at least there should be for good biodiversity. But, yes, yeah, so it's good for cleaning your spots, good for getting spots going. Of course, it's going to keep them in that area for a long time as well. Um, I think, to be honest with you, it, it depends how you fish, isn't it? I mean... So me, well, I sound like I'm giving it the big one. I'm really not, but my hook baits that I like to use over both boily and particle, to be honest with you, I'm really confident that they are one of the first few that get picked up um, just from watching fish in, in like quite a few different scenarios. Excuse me, just burping. Um, so for me, I think getting particle in your swim is actually a very good way to get a load of attraction. Now, the reason why... You've heard us speak about liquids. Um, obviously, in particles, you can get more liquids and and powders matted into it, if that makes sense. Yes, it will soak in, but it will also soak into boilies. But it will get matted in and it will release quite quickly. So you can get a load of particles down onto the lake bed, um, therefore getting a lot of attraction in the area. Also, you're going to get smaller fish come in. That's further attraction for the carp, presuming carp are your species that you're targeting, to come in. And then if you're really confident on your hook bait being picked up, you know, perhaps before some other things, or at least not at the end, then you've got a great, you know, win-win scenario there, um, if that makes sense. That being said, I think there's it, it, they can make fish harder to, um, to hook. I think obviously over particle the the fish are moving much less they're more kind of hovering over a spot and hoovering mm-hmm. um so the the less the fish is moving the less movement on the hook link and the less movement therefore on the hook so the less likely you are to hook them so i think that's definitely an issue or something that you need to consider um compared to say fishing over boilies where even if they're you know the boilies uh, uh, six inches apart the the fish they're still on the move you know they are they they do if you watch them take some time to watch them and uh, feed over different things they will move differently for sure so i think that can work really really well um if if you you're finding it hard to hook the fish or if they're feeding funny or something like that so yeah i mean that i would say that was definitely a con uh, a downside of of particles i don't know if you agree with that pete or the, if you found that the fish not moving around yeah, yeah when you're fishing over particles they're not moving as much between mouthfuls mm-hmm. yeah and you, you see that a lot especially if you like bait spots in the edge where you can observe it um yeah they're fixated on a spot yeah. for ages aren't they and it's almost like they they're sifting it through it and you can see stuff coming through the gill rakers and but they'll sit on that spot and just not move for a long time um Mm -hmm. that being said i've seen fish suck up a boilie and and like chew that over for a while so i'm not saying it's it's a foolproof thing every single time i think if you were to say on the whole they're going to be moving much less with with particle compared to boilie or you know flicking out a few um nuts etc 
I... Um, that being said, with with nuts, I feel again that they can take a few mouthfuls of nuts and then they can be chewing for a while. They can go off and chew, and and that can present other issues as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just to keep things simplistic, I think yeah, you you would. I would when fishing over particle, I'll use a sh- if I'm close to the particle, I'll use a shorter hook link. What I actually do a lot of the time is I will fish my rods, whether I'm fishing particle, boy, or whatever, I'll fish my rods off the spot. Like, I will happily not have a rod on the spot. I could have all of my rods not within a rod length and a half of the baited area, and I'd be happy. Especially if I knew that the fish were either passing through there, or if they went off on that route to, to chew the food or digest the food or just have a little break from eating whatever they're doing you know you often find fish will feed on an area then they'll like they'll swan off no pun intended and then they'll come back getting a rod on that route that's a Mm. that's a big thing i think because they're they're a they're generally they're well maybe they look who knows maybe they would view that as like a stray bait that's safe as well as that they're definitely moving more when they come in to pick it up you know they don't just like well they could do but generally they don't just put the brakes on to, to suck it up Although, to be fair, they can do. Um, bearing in mind, I, I like doing that usually on uh, some kind of sliding rig on a, on a helicopter. So it's I like fishing over weed. I love presenting a bait over weed. Yes, you, I know some people wouldn't like that. I do. And in that scenario, I think it's fantastic. It's like a, 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 a bait is gone rogue and it's just sitting on a piece of weed whether the, whether it really works like that i don't know but in my head that seems very safe for a carp and it works man yeah. it, it, it works yeah. that's yeah. hilarious bait's gone rogue um here's one for you dude now i know you've been sort of watching mm. fish feeding recently i know you've been doing a lot of testing and stuff on some waters where you've got that opportunity um yeah <clears throat> now i've never seen this sort of spoken about or i've not thought about it a great deal but as we're talking about it so when we talk about sort of fish feeding and we all know that once you get a real sort of feeding scenario, they can get sort of competitive and that's when they sort of become more likely to slip up. But for example, with Boily, you can get, I've got fish feeding in a frenzy, like super, super competitive. Um, and with particle, that's never something you really see, is it? Would you agree with that? Um, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Hmm. Um... See, I've seen... I've seen, I mean, I've seen a single fish like tear up the bottom, but I'm talking about when you've got like a group of fish sort of coming in and feeding. And I've always found with particle, they're well, just like we were saying about how they, they hold on the spot for longer. And I just think, mm. go on. So you, you're basically saying you haven't seen them feed as enthusiastically on particles as you have with Boily? Is that, yeah, I, is that it? Or? I think so, mate. Whether it's because I'm mm. introducing less and... To be honest with you, when I'm sort of number one, I, I imagine if you put me in a controlled environment, it might be a little bit different. But often when I'm feeding with sort of like boily or homemade bait or something, it's something I take in my head like great pleasure out of. And I really want to try and make that situation see them feeding hard. Do you know what I mean? So I'm probably introducing well, yeah. like little and often. Um, or I'll get them feeding and then really sort of, you know, when you can sort of introduce bait sort of at the right intervals to really keep them interested do you understand Mm, not so much no um whereas i think if i was feeding sort of particle i've I've, I've done this in the past i might just sort of like introduce a load um and then sort of like watch Mm. the fish come in and mull over it but i've seen definitely a more a more aggressive reaction 
uh, from fish um, over sort of like a boily or even a pellet type bait, if I'm honest, uh, than a particle. You know why, don't you? Go on, Sam. Just because the baits you roll are amazing, Pete. Amazing. Magic. Mm-hmm. Mag- magic boilies, that's why. Well, I catch I like so many, beans, mate. But they're boilies. That's why I'm top rod. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. sarcasm. Um, it, are you your particles? I mean, a we're, we're just lumping all particles together. What what particles are you referring to? Well, like what what would you lump in that bracket that you've that you've witnessed this? So, on? do you know what? Like, primarily, I'm talking maize. Um, I'm talking hemp, maize and hemp, really. Um, mm. are the ones where I've sort of yeah. really watched fish feed. Yeah, I mean the thing is, uh, I don't, I, 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 can't say that that matches up with what I've witnessed. Doesn't mean that you're wrong, mate. I don't think you should start doubting yourself and say, "Oh, well, maybe it's how I feed them." Um, I, I can't say I've witnessed that. Um, I'd, if any listeners have, I'd love to hear from you. Mm. Um, I really, really would. Uh, maybe it's the the boilies that you fed. I mean, obviously, I know you go balls deep on your attractor profile and what's in the bait. You're very knowledgeable even though you wouldn't admit it. Um, so maybe, I, I mean, are you putting much on your particles? Are you adding liquids and powders? Are you zanging them up a little bit? Maybe that's it. Do you know what? Again, this is like what I was saying about if I put myself in a controlled environment and actually looked at what I was doing, I could tell you now that my sort of bait that I roll and make myself uh, has about, I don't know, 99% more effort and attention to detail in my particle. Nine times out of ten, my <laughs> particle, I've soaked it, I've boiled it, I've put it in a bucket, and I've gone down to the lake, you know? Um, yeah. This year's been a bit different, like, with, with my nuts, um, from talking with you and fermenting uh, nuts and things. Um, <laughs> I want to say something, yeah. I was going to say it. I'll cut you off. Sorry, mate. Carry no, on. No, no, that's it. I was, just, I was just sort of, like, rounding off. But go on. You're going you're gonna to talk about your nuts, aren't you? Um, I'm going to talk about my nuts. Yeah, when you get certain fermented particles, um, like honestly, I think you'll see. I know you're going to go down the route of not for necessarily fermenting them, but letting them turn. Um, once they do that, like honestly, I've seen the, the fish go, you know, I don't want to say like go crazy or anything, but I've seen them feed very enthusiastically on that. So maybe now that you're getting into your your, your sugars and your fermentation, etc., uh, maybe you... Maybe you'll change your mind, mate. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Who who knows? Put it put it this way: the, the lake I'm fishing and spending my time on at the moment, I've got no real opportunities to watch fish feed. I've sort of addressed it before, I think, yeah. on the podcast. It's such a um, such a bad algal bloom at the moment, which looks like it's maybe starting to clear up a little bit. Um, but the water's really coloured. It's hard. It makes it makes the fishing hard. Yeah, the oxygen's going to crash at night as well. So you might find that you're actually better off fishing in the day when there's more oxygen. Makes sense. The fish are going to be much more willing to feed because they can obviously di- they can obviously digest the food much mm-hmm. more efficiently. Um, but just to backtrack, isn't that great? Like that's what one of the great things about angling. Your experience is very different from mine. You could go off on your route and say just boilies is what get some feed and it's going to be easy. You could be dead set on that and you just go that route, right? I could say, oh, it's just particles like that. that that's what gets them feeling better. I could be dead set, go on that route. 
we might not even both of us be wrong although i guess there is an element of, of incorrectness to some of us but we could both go on our own directions with it and both get equal success mm -hmm. that's the crazy thing you know there's so many variables there's so much to it and Maybe I think a lot of it is maybe how you angle for fish as well. Probably that that's got to come into it. Um, I would. Agree. I don't know. It's fascinating. People have diff totally different experiences of places, and it's not that one is right or one is wrong. And they can both get great results or both get shit results, but they're coming from different angles, and that that's the thing. And as well, let let's not forget, it does kind of come back to, you know, they are. <laughs> very keen on feeding like they they want to <laughs> feed it's just creating the right scenario sometimes um anyway anything else you want to add on to the particles bit no no cool um the next part of um the question was i'm trying to find it um views on fish meals uh i'll keep that short yeah fantastic very good i don't know if this is from an ethical point um point of view as in you know fish stocks etc i'll be honest i i don't know i don't know whether it's a good thing or bad thing and that's not that i'm ignorant to it it's just there is pros and cons for each you know the okay it's it's byproducts of the fishing industry well that's actually good that there's being a use made other people say well no that's not it i don't know um as far as ethics go as far as what fish like fish meals absolutely um but not all fish meals are created equal of course um fish meals anything to add to that pete no i think um I, I like when you talk about the ethics it like gives me a little chuckle um it just sort of sums you up mate you you sort of you, you analyze things quite ethically these days um i think it's a good thing mate it's it's the byproduct it's animal feed and it? it's a byproduct of the fish industry that we predominantly use um so i think if if there weren't fish meals it would be fish going to waste so I think ethically, I've, yeah. I've got no problems with it. Um, mm. Yeah, fish mm. love them, don't they? I think I, that was one of the things, like a takeaway from the uh, the Sean Harrison interview, wasn't it? Uh, we were both amazed that he's never, never really used fish meals in any of his commercial baits. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, for me, it's just um, yeah, it's huge. I just yeah. You... Yeah, although interestingly, I'm I'm definitely a, a fish meal guy um, and marine products, like I use a lot of that. Whereas you, Pete, you tend to go away from um, the fish products, don't you, and marine products? Do you... I think I do, I do, but it's to my own detriment, um, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I've I've done, I've been doing a lot of um, a lot of thinking recently about my fishing and my bait um and do you know what all my my little thoughts in my head uh they all boil down down to one thing and it's just i i really just want to roll start rolling my own bait again mate mm, um yeah. i've got a real problem with it yeah i like a creamy sort of bird seed bait um do you know what i, I don't know why i've got more confidence in a bait like that from a commercial manufacturer than i would from sort of their fish meal baits i don't know why weird See, I, weird mm, but i don't mm. um for me i i want to roll my own bait again we're going to go down a rabbit hole here uh but i've been putting sort of a lot of thought into 
and so sort of like thinking about the whole bait process again and do I have the time to do it? Probably, if I wanted to, if I was that keen on doing it, I'd be rolling small batches again at a time, but I've got a few, few sort of ideas in my head of what I want to do. Um, i tell you what, put that on hold, mate, because I think there's a question coming up in a little bit that, that will bleed into that perfectly. Okay. Um, so hold that thought. Uh, sorry, I just want to really quickly go back to particles and just literally say a sentence on it. Obviously, time of year is big on particles as well um like we're as we record this it's the 2nd of august um my anniversary <laughs> um and yeah i mean come go you know we, we're we're edging sorry you're in the you you're saying? in the bad books <laughs> you're doing a oh you're doing a potty no, on your no. uh anniversary of your missus yeah it's fine, here, right? it's fine let's get back on track um what was i going to say i was going to say something Particle, time of year damn it oh yes that's it time of year um so yeah i mean we're edging to obviously we're still summer but we are edging towards autumn i will be using predominantly boily and liquids and powders of course in in autumn so i would step away from the particles i'd be using particles now i mean obviously you know it's nothing new there a lot of people obviously use particles in the summer um but yeah for me i, I like to 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 really hammer the boilies out once uh once things get a little bit cooler anything to it anything to expand on that no i don't think so do okay um and last last point from uh fishing fletch is pre-baiting um views on pre-baiting yeah do it absolutely um i do it as much as i can i must say the lakes that i fish these days are a lot busier than than um you know i don't have places to myself anymore as, as i did in cornwall um but but uh yeah so answer the question baiting up is a huge game changer um obviously is providing the fish are actually going there and eating it um it will make life so much easier i mean if i look at my recent decent you know what i'd call hit like a a, a brace of three doesn't happen very often but that's from pre-baiting and that would not have happened without that pre-baiting when i say a brace i mean you know three within the course of an hour or two um technically i guess that's not a brace but it's as close to why as i come to a brace uh so yeah definitely pre-bait if you can for sure uh not only to get spots going but also to get your bait established as well but getting the spots going is the big thing i'll happily put different bait every single time in if i need to um i don't usually but i would still happily do that the main thing is that bait going on that spot regularly what are your thoughts, Pete? I yeah, mirror exactly what you're saying, dude. Um, <clears throat> if you can pre-bait, then hundred percent do it. Again, it's it's nice to keep it to yourself for sure. Um, I don't think I've 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 been lucky with my pre-baiting. Um, there's another chap actually who's who's fishing and sort of campaigning this swim um, in the same sort of areas that I've been targeting in the lake. Um, and we've sort of had a little chat about it, and and it's cool. Um, but I think I'm fishing sort of different areas from the swim than he would be anyway. Uh, and my bait's been going in different areas, mm. but yeah, do it, man, do it. And like you were saying about, um, again, it's, I guess it's like an ethics thing and like you've had your hands burnt. You were saying about sort of people fishing on your spots at the end of the day, like fishing's fishing. Everyone's a member of the lake and they can fish where they want. 
But what I would do, yeah. if somebody was to approach you as well and sort of start to say, oh, mate, like, I've been, you know, really baiting in this swim, such and such, just be like, mm. dude, just don't tell me. Don't want to know. Like, cool. Exactly. Just, yeah, like, that's really cool, dude. I've been doing my thing. You do your thing. It's great if we're getting fish out of the same sort of spot, but you just don't want to know. Don't let them tell you where they've been baiting because then they've got the ethical high ground on you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Not only that, if you then see a fish there and you like what you're going to do like you, you or if you've caught a fish from there and, and then they come and tell you yeah i've been prayed up it's like okay great now i don't feel like i've earned that fish you know so yeah absolutely i keep it to myself for that reason as well like for, for them as well as me mostly for myself i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but you know it's it's it just it, it's just just keep it to yourself fellas unless as i said unless there's a few of you on and you know you're getting that mutual respect thing going i love those things but that's the kind of place where um, everyone's got their own sort of spots going and it's just a respect there's a respect few thing. good anglers on a very hard water and it's like you almost you almost w w wouldn't <laughs> i don't know how to put it you yeah you just you got your own thing you know what's working you're better off just sticking to your own thing anyway regardless of that even if you didn't have any ethics mm -hmm. but um yeah okay cool um next question is from tivy i hope i'm pronouncing these right tivy um things that are a good edge and things that are fads i think that's a bloody good question and i wish i'd prepared for it a little bit i could have yes i know that but i didn't um oh, yeah i got one that's just jumped out on me actually it jumped out on me when i was copying and pasting these earlier mm -hmm. should i start with that yeah um the corda oh, i don't know what they're called i think they're called heli safe actually called a heli safe yeah. basically it's this little thing that you put on the end of your leader um that will quickly pop you can quickly attach or detach your lead and when you get a take and the hook link engages in the end of it if you decide to use it that way um the lead will drop off which is absolutely a game changer i fish really weedy waters some of them i can get away with having the lead on if i have a little break but um a lot of the time i just need to get rid of that lead and they are so convenient they work so well um that is definitely not a fad in my opinion i think they're bloody fantastic i completely agree with you mate they're on both my rods at the moment um just yeah they are a bit of some product engineering going on there someone's really thought about it and put something together mm -hmm. yeah i agree as well fish safety in fact i use their sort of um it's sort of like the whole heli-safe system, I guess, with the bead that sits on the little rubber thing on the line and ejects. I just think it's brilliant, to be honest. It's, um, I think mm. Corda's product development is mm. pretty good, mate. I know there's a lot of Corda haters out there. Um, Are you, I'll be honest. I used to be one of them dude, but well, we years ago did, because, pff, because they were bringing it. I guess they were starting to bring carp angle into the masses, and it's almost like, oh, I kind of want to keep it all to myself mm. and... and it's just that commercialism of carp angling, which I strongly dislike. But um, I think Corda, I mean, great company. They seem like a great company. They make some fantastic products. Seems like their ethics are definitely on point. I think, you know, more power to them. Yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. Their podcast is very good. Um, and I always used to moan about Ali Hamidi. Um, I wasn't a fan, but sort of like as I've got older, mate, have you listened to his podcast? That guy has. I did. Put, I yep. think right. What quite an inspirational guy. Like sort of like where he's from, uh, his life battles, and I think his work ethic, 
and kind of what he's done for carp fishing and what he brings to carp fishing from a commercial point of view with regarding like the TV shows and stuff. You know, there's a lot of hard work that he puts into that. I think it's amazing. Absolutely. I thought I mean, you were going to say no. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> Slate him. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the type of angling he does probably isn't my cup of tea, mm-hmm. to be honest, but I'm sure he's a lovely bloke and I've no doubt he is on point in his role. Um, whatever his role is, I believe it's, is he like in charge of media, media, something, I don't know, I, something like that, uh, or, or, you know, promoting the, the brand. I'm trying to think of the, the correct word and yeah, it's escaping. Like a brand me. manager. Um, but I think he got. I think he got them on TV and things like that. So, yeah, I'm sure he's, I mean, phenomenal at that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm no doubt a lovely bloke. Really, really nice bloke. I always associate him with fishing commercials for some reason. I don't know why. He probably doesn't. Don't get me wrong. It's just what I've got in my head, which isn't my kind of thing. But I'm probably wrong on that. You know, he probably turns out he's fishes bloody. I don't know. Do you watch the monster (laughs) cards? Hmm? Have you watch Monster Carp on TV? No. Have you not watched them? Mate, they're good. They're good, entertaining carp viewing. Mate, there's one at um, at Cassian, right? Um, and Neil Spooner catches like this, like 70 something pound fish. Mate, it's just fucking insane. Like, it's worth a watch just for that. Um, I think that's one of the places that somewhere in my life I've got to do before I die, kind of thing, mate, is Cassian. Um, mm. We ought to get that in the diary. <laughs> oh, I'd love to do it. Oh, I, mate, when I came down to see you, I said about a, a foreign voyage, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Won't happen for years, mate. Can't." Mate, yeah, I, I still stand by that. I've... All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. this is this is just on the bucket list, mate. It's gonna it's gonna happen, mate. But yeah, Cassian's got to happen at some point. Yeah, you're the most pussy whip person. I've ever met, just to let you know that. Yeah, well, thanks. We'll move on from it, but that's all right. Mate, I've got three little kitties and... I don't know. Yeah, it's my life. I like it, mate. I'm happy. That's all that matters, mate. That's it, right. We're just ruined the all that matters. Yeah, don't worry about old Sam out on his own in the world. <laughs> um, right, so uh, anything else that's, that's uh, an edge, a good edge? Uh, baiting liquids, powders, pastes. No, not enough people are using pastes. Make up your own pastes. Don't put egg in. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Um, another good edge. Good Polaroids. Um, climbing trees, finding the fish, spending fucking relentless hours watching the fish, seeing how they feed. Uh, I've been spending so. I wish I I could log the amount of hours i've spent watching fish feed this year it's been significant i can tell you that and i feel like i'm learning a lot i've got this place where i'm blessed and i can watch these decent fish um feed in a in a very unique scenario to be honest with you and i feel like i i like i've just learned so much just from that can i um, sort of add to that mate so we we talk about this you know this this lake where you're feeding the fish and you get to watch it in that do you ever put a rig amongst them? Oh, do you know what? No, because I'm not allowed to fish there. That oh, area. Okay, okay. I can, I can, I can be there, but I'm not allowed to fish it. Mm. But I mean, crikey, um, yeah. These, I mean, look. Don't get me wrong. They're not like 
monster they're not like 40 pounders or anything um but i would say they're old fish there you know there's some hefty 20s upper 20s there i feel like that that gives me um everything i need to know um to be honest with you oh, yeah okay there's gonna be some people listening oh, 50 will feed different mate yeah i'm sure it will but still watch fish big edge any fat so even if you're not fishing from so you've, you've, you've taken spoken about some like some pros mate like you said about the good polarized glasses um etc uh cons mate cons in carp fishing um god i can't think of any I mean, there must be loads something that that's a uh, not cons a fad do you mean yeah mm, a fad a fad uh, drum and bass <laughs> do you think that's at the end of its reign in carp fishing <laughs> i'll be honest i actually quite like a lot of drum and bass but more like the relaxed chill stuff um i'm joking um what is a fad um that is a good question nothing is springing to mind to be honest with you i know but there's loads uh, i'm exactly the same like on the spot i'm just like oh god mate there's loads and things go full circle in fishing don't they do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sort of like things that go into fashion and everyone's doing it and then they go out of fashion and then sort of like a number of years down the line, someone will release a product or something. It'll get a lot of get a lot of um, sort of like coverage, media coverage from like the big firms and that becomes a thing. And then um, I, I'll tell you what I hope is a fad. Go on. And this will piss some people off. I cannot stand it when people shout. I've never witnessed this in in the flesh, but I've you know we, we've all flicked through the YouTube videos and seen this. When people shout when they net a fish, come on! Wait, this is not football. You're not just scored a goal. You know, mm. I just don't like that. I really don't like that. In fact, I put a post up earlier of a fish going in a net, and I just put "keep your voice down" with a little shush emoji. Don't know why. I, um, yeah, I don't like yeah. that. It, it seems I disrespectful. Just got it. I just got just, what you're yeah. on about. <laughs> yeah i just don't like that it's i don't know it just seems i don't know Mm. i don't it annoys me really annoys me i don't think i've ever seen it on the bank in the flesh but if someone did and i shout across but at the same time mate i know know when me and you have been fishing together and one of us is sort of like if we're there together and have netted a special fish like I don't know. We, every, Probably like little kids. Yeah, we literally, we are. Like yeah. That, yeah. Like, it's like squirms of excitement, isn't it? And I think someone, if we were to do that on every video we produce, people would be like, fucking hell, these guys. <laughs> yeah, but we're not doing that if we're met, like netting a 20 or something. Like, yeah, you, I know. You yeah. know, I think they do it over everything. But mm. yeah, that, that, I hope that's a fad. Um, what else? I don't know. Can't think of anything. There's probably loads. Uh, there is there's probably loads. Sorry, Tivy. We've probably not done you much justice on that, buddy. Move on, Pete. Moving on. Go on. Yeah, next one. Wayne Burningham. Uh, not Wayne Birmingham. Wayne Burningham. Mm-hmm. Just like clarify his username. Um, hi, guys. Love the podcast. Nice and refreshing. I do have a listener's question, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do I get liquids into my swim? Hey, this is a good one. How do I get liquids into my swim without actually introducing any bait? I want to start using liquids a lot more. Thanks in advance and keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Wayne. I guess your name's Wayne. Um, Great question. Uh, I'm going to be a bit of an anal dickhead Mm -hmm. and say, well, 
liquids are a bait aren't they because you're, you're attracting the fish but aside from that yeah. if it's just the liquids <laughs> sorry uh just the liquids great great question you can of course use solid pva bags obviously as long as they don't dissolve the bags you can also use stones i don't know if i've mentioned this on the podcast before um but you can basically soak stones yeah um or rocks obviously some material some types of rock work better than others don't ask me which types well i don't know what the different rocks are called <laughs> you have to experiment if you want a quick <laughs> yeah if you want a quick leakage you know get a real porous one if you want slower leakage get a slightly less porous one of course but yeah soaking up rocks soaking rocks in liquids um and chucking them in an area will literally drip feed your liquid into the area and as well as that don't forget you know your liquid some of the like the thicker liquids are going to hold into the rock a lot more than the real thin ones mm-hmm. um so yeah that that's that would be what i would say the number one way of getting the liquids into the swim i'm presuming it's like more of a pre-baiting thing if it's you want to get the liquids in and you've got a hook bait there um i've spoken about this before my super soaker uh, you've got to have a thin liquid and you've got to clean the pipes out afterwards because if there's any salt or anything they'll crystallize but yeah using a um a super soaker with something like the squid brand fish sauce uh that real thin anchovy sauce squirting that in as long as it's within range that's fantastic so obviously you've got all of these free amino acids pumping in the air and some salt and, and you know some other things there'll be ph change there as well super attractive and then like look what's there you know just your hook bait so that's really really good again pva bags um, or of course you can use if, if it's in the margin you can use a bait spoon and just literally tip it in um, that's where a blend of liquids can come in handy you want something heavy don't you something's going to sink yeah. to the bottom and maybe some oil as well so it sort of um, brings it up through the water well, column as well do you i don't know i mean let, let's just say you you've you've seen some fish in the edge and um they're like they're doing a little route and you know they're going to come back you wouldn't necessarily want it to, to sink. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. Yeah, of course. Maybe you would want like a, a liquid that's slightly thicker than water so it hangs up in the full column. Um, yeah. Do you know, I think... I mean, we're getting very I anal. think the um, the stones thing you've mentioned, I think that's a real takeaway for people. Um, that's quite a cool tip, but it's not something you see anywhere, is it? So I think that's quite a cool takeaway that someone listening to this podcast will can put into their fishing easily as well. Uh, I've forgotten the chap's name Mark somebody I think I can't believe I forgot his name Um, and he was quite vocal um, about sort of using rock salt and things in the past Um, Mm. but I can't remember his name anyway um, what he does on lakes where he's pretty much exclusively fishing certain swims um, and I think this is a good technique as well he basically uses like a little canister like a couple of litre canister or something um, and you can tie it off to a bit of rope so it's, you, you can retrieve it um, and he'll put it in sort of margin spots and um, drill holes in it as well so it's always sort of like leaking a little bit of attraction out of it I don't know if that's something you've ever done it's not and I've never thought of that but that's a great idea mm-hmm. that is a great the, idea the lakes I'm fishing yeah. at the moment it's just not really a possibility uh, I just don't think I'd want it it's kind of something you have to introduce and sort of leave it there but you introduce it and you can come and refill it put it back in leave it there so the fish become accustomed to it it's not a foreign object anymore in the swim they know it's there so if you fish in a venue like that where you can do that i think could be a serious edge and you can 
pre-bait via it. You can leave it out there. The fish become used to that object like in the swim. Um, yeah. Very cool. That's very cool. That's a great one. Um, cool. Good stuff. Next one is Finn Bruin. Uh, love the pod, Sam. Can't wait for the next one after listening to five back to back on the bank yesterday. Thank you, buddy. Uh, we'd love to hear some watercraft type content. Ooh. Like anything quirk, like anything quirky you have noticed on waters with birds, etc. Um, Pete, Pete knows about quirky birds. Uh, <laughs> also, as you're a bait buff, I wouldn't say that, but thanks. Uh, how do you decide on a bait for a session? Will you use the same things throughout the year? Well, I tell you what, let's come on to this que- this because he's expanding and, and it's a few more questions, which is awesome. Um, but let's go with the watercraft question first, right? Um, so I'd love to hear some watercraft type content, like anything quirky you have noticed on waters with birds, etc. Pete? Um, okay, so talking of quirky birds, um, so... Again, this is not something I've sort of experienced a lot myself, but you you often hear about uh, the bird life perhaps could spook from a big fish uh, or from fish. I think I mentioned to you the other day I did a few hours floater fishing um, and I was f- feeding the mixer and the, the ducks started clearing me out. And then as soon as like, the fish arrived, mate, the ducks were really spooking off them, um, which was quite mm. interesting to watch, sort of opened my eyes a little bit. Um, yeah, um, but bird life and I, to be honest, a lot of people will say by the bird life and things. I just think one thing bird life's useful is quite often you, you can see where other people um, have created spots and made this probably bait still there. So you can sort of see some going areas on a lake. Uh, if that's the type of lake you're fishing because you'll see birds diving on the spots even when there's no anglers there. Um, but no, not really. No, I'm trying to think. I mean, if you were on a lake and you didn't know the depths and stuff and you saw, you know, like tufties or something repeatedly diving, okay, you'd know that that was quite shallow if you wanted to put a reef. I don't know how that would affect things, but I'm just trying to think. Um, oh, God, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, but we could, maybe we shouldn't. We could go into them um, about carp eating feces. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely do it. They will definitely eat goose and swan poop. Um, and uh, some, I mean, I've I've seen swan poop that is like fluorescent green <laughs> in the water. And I think not only have you've got, you know, broken down proteins into amino acids and lots of other attractive things within the poop. Um, you've also got pH change and you've also got that visual thing there. Um, but yeah, cart will definitely eat bird shit. Um... <laughs> How you'd use that to your advantage? I have no idea. <laughs> that's that's uh, beyond me. I don't know. Um, Pete, anything on that? <laughs> no, no, nothing. Really. I was going to say, if you're like a duck farmer, you could collect duck shit and then add it to your like PVA mix or something. I'm just being mm. ridiculous. I was a, yeah. Go on. Um, it's a joke. Yeah, I mean, out. other than that, obviously, use like. If there's bird life there and you're going to get picked up, you know, make sure you use a, a, a firm hook bait that isn't going to come off. Make sure that your rig will reset, you know, those kind of things, which I'm sure you're aware of anyway. Um, but yeah, nothing that stands out. If I think of anything during the podcast, I will 
shout it out. Mm. Um, the next question that Finn Bruin is coming on to is um, also, uh, how do you decide on a bait for a session? Will you use the same things throughout the year? Or will you change types of hook baits pre-post-spawning, that sort of thing? I find myself going back to fluoros as something that stands out as opposed to match the hatch. I believe it may take longer to get a bite, but just my thoughts. Take it easy, pal. Yeah, interesting question. Um, it's probably something that's like an, an ongoing dilemma for a lot of people. It's like, do I, you know, quote unquote, match the hatch or do I have something that stands out in either color or attraction etc i think it's horses for courses i mean yes you're gonna get quicker bites from certain carp that are just you know that they're in there they're hungry they want to you know snatch something up are you going to catch the i hate to be cliche here but are you going to catch the older perhaps more wary fish i don't know um i'm not confident in that scenario if i want to get a bite yeah it depends on the water you know if there's like four old fish and that's it then i'm not using a flurry but if, if there's you know relatively okay stock and i just want to get a bite yeah maybe i'll use something really bright it doesn't even have to be a flurry it's just it's contrast to the lake bed or whatever the hook bait is presented uh, in front of it's the contrast between that that's important um and then yeah i think that can work um for sure i think white baits on i don't ever really fish park lakes but if i did i think i'd probably go for white baits because obviously it sees a lot of bread um but yeah for me if i'm oh, generally i'm always trying to catch the older you know potentially more wary fish so for that reason i rarely use anything bright these days that being said and this is silly isn't it i've caught some of my very best fish on bright baits um and in fact one of the um best hook baits i've ever made that was phenomenal caught everywhere um, was was bright orange mm. you'll remember that yeah, one Pete. Do, yeah. um so yeah i don't know i don't know in my head at the moment and no doubt this will change uh, at some point in the future but in my head at the moment um for the fish i'm fishing for i'm, I'm going for drab doll baits that, that would match free offerings that being said my free offerings are diverse not only in color but in size as well i don't want to condition the carp just to be sucking at one kind of rate because then as soon as they suck in something that is got a hook and a rig attached obviously it's got a different buoyancy and they will they are masters with their mouth <laughs> much like pete is um in a different way so you know they're, they're gonna know if there's something foreign on there so i like to get different sized um baits in the area so they're 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 not going to be as wary when when they're sucking in a rig i think a split second can make all the difference yeah um, I think also, like, <clears throat> obviously, I was, you were showing me your hook baits and things when we had our little social. Um, I think, like, your hook baits would definitely be then by no means like a fluoro bait, but it was certainly would, would contrast your sort of free offerings, I would suggest. I don't know how sort of light in color your, your boilies, which you're using your free offerings, would get during, um, like, when they're washing out, but they're certainly like a quite a light sort of texture or the color, certainly. Yeah, well, I mean, usually I've got, depends on the time of year, but like now I'll have some nut in there. Um, so the my hook baits are similar to tiger nuts in their color. Um, 
but I have, I, I mean, I, I have different size boilies and different color boilies. Tends to be the liquids that I use and the, the powders, they, they make the boilies go really dark. So I scatter light colored ones on top. Um, so for me, it's like it, there's a big variance there. Mm. Um, if I was just fishing with one boilie, like a load of, you know, 20 mil fish meals, you know, with Robin Red or something, yeah, I probably wouldn't use them. I probably would actually. Um, in that scenario, I probably would go to a snowman. Love a snowman. Um, and yeah, partially because you're negating the buoyancy. I think as well, it's it's harder to eject. You got to. Th- I don't like round baits. I I might roll them round um, just for ease, but I'll I'll cut a side off because if you've got to think, if if a fish is spitting out something that's round, it's going to go out quite evenly in my head at least in theory. If it's not shaped like that, it's going to go out awkward. So I want the most buoyant part of the hook bait at the top with the hook hanging below it. So if they blow it out, you know, should be that the most buoyant part of the hook bait goes out in the mouth first, and then it's going to leave the hook trailing. And I can't really explain it in my mind, uh, with my mouth, sorry, but in my mind, that, that that's definitely how it should be. Um, I'm very, very confident in that, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And going back to the sort of pre-spawning, post-spawning, um, certainly in my fishing, uh, before they spawn, sort of, I guess, yeah, certainly before they spawn, um, would be I'd be adding some sort of salt to my mix, or um, you know, with particles, especially adding some salt. Um, and then I think after post-spawning, um, there's a lot of talk about lysine. Uh, it's one of the amino acids that they can't produce themselves, so they have to actively find it in their diet. Um, so any baits you can have sort of like with a high lysine content, like you say, if you can put it into a liquid, so it's free form in the water as well. I think personally, that's a, that's an edge that can help post-spawning. Um, and I always turn to yeast as well for the sort of like the B vitamins and the vitamin content in yeast, uh, after spawning as well. Cause I think they'll be hunting that out a little bit more. Are you sort of quite generic on that? Would you agree with that? Oh, hundred percent, mate. Yeah. Salt, yeast, lysine. I mean, for for me, I want that all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I think that that's just a very important amino acid to have abundant at all times. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, maybe they need it more um, at that time. I don't know, but I definitely focus on salt and the B vitamins as well. Um, and yeah, yeast is, is obviously awesome for that. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't really have anything to add to that. I agree with you, mate. Yeah, cool. Um, so thank you for that question. And uh, next one is Jinkudo. Jinkudo. Sounds very Japanese. Probably not. Um, what is the best way to get into bait making to save money? I just can't Ooh. think of an wow. answer other than you're not going to save money. <laughs> well, you could, no, that's not yeah. fair. You could. Depends what you want to come out with. I mean, I've rolled some very expensive bait. I know you have. Well, I'm sure you have as well, Pete. Well, yeah, I know you have. We've rolled it together. But I've also, you know, done some crazy products that have just been outrageously expensive. Um, you, To be fair, you can definitely roll your own and save money. The initial outlay of the rolling tables, etc. Um, yeah, is going to cost you a bit. Um, but in terms of actual mix, the best way to get into bait making to save money. And I'd say the best way to get into it is probably to buy a ready-made base mix. Um, The best way to get into it to save money. Buy a ready-made base mix, buy someone like AA Bait. I don't know if they're still going. Um, 
it will be fairly cheap and then add in some 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 good liquids that don't cost the earth uh molasses would be good i wouldn't recommend it if there's bream something like that um and and yeah just knock it up you don't need to put a flavor in there that will add cost to it and it might not even enhance it might detract from it and yeah i would say probably buy a ready-made ready formulated base mix um depends how you're gonna fish dude i mean it depends what kind of waters you're fishing you're fishing a runs water i've i mean i first started with soya semo baits with some flavoring like you know some like vanilla essence from my mum's kitchen or something like that caught on it wouldn't say it was the best but uh yeah i'd, I'd probably need to know more about where you're fishing and what kind of what kind of fish you're fishing for before i could answer that mm. don't know about you pete you got any nuggets any dimes for jing kudu um <laughs> i just everything i do with bait ends up getting more and more expensive uh, and i think the, the 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 more sort of like knowledge you have not even more knowledge you have but the more you learn the more you sort of thirst to learn and then you you're on a hunt for sort of like that magic ingredient and it, it becomes expensive it's expe- it, it can yeah it can really add to your cost if, of fishing. If it's purely about money, to save money, particles are your friend, nuts are your friend. You can catch on them in winter. You just apply them differently. Um, that's what I would say if it's all about money. I'd be more confident. If I say had, uh, I don't know, 10 quid to go fishing with for a fortnight, I'd be spending that on particles not on knocking up a boilie that's why i would say if you're on a budget mate that is definitely what i would say mm. go with particles or even meat luncheon meat something like that although luncheon meat's not that cheap anymore <laughs> um yeah that's what i would do that's it um and one thing i'd say to people who are buying sort of like a ready-made base mix is just be aware of like the soluble content that's already in it um because you don't want to be waste sort of wasting your time uh rolling baits i guess that that are super soluble and turn to mush instantly. I, I've sort of, um, I in the past when I'd sort of like bought like a, uh, a ready-made mix and I was adding my own attractor package, um, I had to be so, I had to go very low, <clears throat> put it that way, on the soluble ingredients I was adding because otherwise the bait was just um, super struggling. So it might be worth sort of, I don't know, speaking to the provider or finding out if they've got sort of like soluble milk proteins or a calf sort of milk replacer in there already because mm. um, i think if it's um sorry mate go i was just gonna say i think sort of if somebody's looking to buy their own pre-made base mix and add their own attractor profile a lot of the the uh attractive ingredients you put in there are super soluble um yeah that was that was it really yeah i mean i think to be honest if they're buying a cheap ready-made base mix it's probably not going to be that soluble it will be made you know with the beginner in mind obviously uh, some of the a lot of the soluble ingredients are quite expensive as well so it might just have like a calf milk replacer in there or, or you know at lower levels or something like that mm. so i don't know if it would be that much of an issue for them but yeah definitely check the solubility um for sure uh next question john wilkinson hi sam and pete when's the next podcast dropping um soon um uh obviously he's asked this a while ago uh last one where you recommended the active csl salmigo and squid fish sauce what quantities of each do you recommend i actually replied to him on messenger but i'll but just for everyone else because i presume if he's got the question other people will as well um 
depends what you're doing. Um, if you are rehydrating baits or not rehydrating them, but you just want to get a load of liquid in the bait, um, then you're going to want to go for something that isn't too thick. Um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously the CSL and the, the anchovy sauce, the squid brown fish sauce, they're very thin. Uh, the Salmigo is thicker. So I'd probably go with a, a third of each, you know, one part CSL, one part Salmigo, one part squid branch fish sauce. That's going to be fairly liquidy. It's going to soak into the boilie fairly easily. You could even do a round with that just to get the liquid right in there. And then you could just go pure Salmigo over the top, which is thicker and it's going to cling to the boilie more. And therefore it's going to get slower leak off attraction. Depends if you want it, it, you know, if you want all of that liquid to flood out quickly, you want it a thinner liquid. If you want it to stick around, you know, and be more active over a, overnight or something like that, then you'd want it thicker. So you'd play with your quantities like that. But in terms of, you know, balancing it up for attractiveness and balancing aminos, I, I wouldn't worry about that. I would um, prioritize the viscosity, the, the thickness of the liquid over that side of things. Um, because I don't see it. I don't see there a combination that that would be less effective than another. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You want to add to that, Pete? No, mate. That's your little mix of liquids. I've got honestly. I've not used the three in conjunction, so I wouldn't be able to comment. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a good mix. Don't get me wrong. It's it's nothing. Um groundbreaking it's not like i've put those together because everything is balanced and it's amazing you know it's a very good mix don't get me wrong very good i'd happily just use that those three liquids forevermore i really would i wouldn't actually because i love experimenting with different things but you know what i mean i'd be confident in that um but yeah whatever works depends on the the thickness that you want um i guess you'd come to a point where you would want the squid brand fish sauce and the csl in equal parts um to be honest with you and then it would be the Salmigo that I would vary, just just as the as I said before, just to get the different um, thickness. Um, but the CSL and Squid brand in, in equal parts for sure is is the way to go with that, I believe. Unless for some reason you wanted a lot more salt in there, which you'd get from the anchovy sauce, the Squid brand fish sauce. Um, in which case you'd want to up that, or you could just add some salt in by hand um, in powder form. There we go. Hopefully that helps. Got a question um, for you. Next question. I've got one for you now. Sorry, dude. The fish sauce. Go on. Yeah. Um, mm. Have you added salt to it? As in, have you tried to make it saltier? And because it's so salty, and this is just literally just at my own thinking, have you been able to dissolve much more salt into that sauce? I've never put salt just in that pure sauce, but I've chucked more salt in a bucket with a load of liquids, and that yeah. has been in there. No, that's if it. That it's sense. super salty in there. I mean, you're talking in previous yeah, episode like about the water pistol and how it clogs the tubes. It is, it is, mm -hmm. yeah, super salty. I think, yeah, especially, yeah, what we're saying about pre-spawning. I think it's really got its place uh, as a bait soak. I really do. I yeah, it's. I think it's about a quarter salt. I want to say that I might be wrong on that, mm. um, but I think a quarter of it is salt which is a lot a hell of a lot um so yeah it's very salty very very salty yeah go on then so the next one have uh, we got any more we... yep we've got some more um next one is le oh no S did i uh 
Who do we have? I got confused. Oh, yeah. Next one is also about squid branch fish, fish sauce, which threw me. Uh, Stefan Reed. Uh, you mentioned squid branch fish sauce several times during your bait talks. May I ask what you use it for? As a bait soak to hydrate boilies or as a liquid carrier for powder? Uh, both, Stefan. Um, I would use it to um, hydrate baits, boilies, or add to um, particles. And I would also use it to mix in with powder. Yeah, I, I would use both, mate. Um, it's definitely got its purposes in both. Um, as a carrier for powder, I never have like a liquid and then mix the powder in. I just, you know, I, I every time I go fishing the day before, I get, um, or it depends if I'm curing them or doing a few days before, but before I go fishing or before I'm going to bait up, I'll put a load of boilie in a bucket or particle in a bucket, um, and then I'll put the mix of liquids on top. Sometimes I'll mix the liquids first in a container, um, and I'll put them on top, and then I just sprinkle the powder over and mix it in as and, as and when I need it. Um, I don't know if you mean like put a powder in the liquid and then keep it on the shelf. I wouldn't do that just in case the the, the powder went you know funny somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, both ways, both hydrate boilies and um, as a as a accompaniment to to powder. Um, one thing I've done with with the fish sauce uh, is I have like you were saying about mixing it with the powder. I've done that as um as a boily soak with the yeast uh, and you can really dissolve like a yeast powder um into the fish sauce quite quite easily um, that's something i have done in the past but just jumping in on the end there mate <clears throat> no that's good mate that's good yeah very good um good stuff next one is liam west hi pal just listen to your third podcast currently listen to your second one uh Love something you touched on in the third podcast about liquids being underused. Yeah, I think they are. Amazing information, something I thought about a lot and need to pursue more. In regards of putting liquid in over a long period of time, would you, I love this, I, I remember this, um, would you hang a bag in the branches full of liquid and pin a small hole in? Love the water pistol idea. Thank you, uh, Liam, by the way, for saying you love the water pistol idea. Pete slated it. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, would I hang a bag of liquid in the branches full of liquid and put a pinprick in? Yeah, absolutely I would. That's a great idea. I've never done it. It reminds me of the old trick. Obviously, it only works in margins where there's an overhanging tree, but the old trick of getting a dead animal, uh, hanging the carcass in the tree in the warmer months and letting, obviously, the flies settle in it, <laughs> and then you'll drip feed that spot with maggots, obviously, as the maggots come out of the carcass. You're literally drip feeding a spot full of maggots from the dead carcass. I love that. That is I think savage. That sounds so cool. It's so savage. Yeah, it's savage. But um, yeah, I would do that. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I, I guess I, just the the you know, obviously the gravitational pull, unless it was a very thick liquid. And a very small hole, I imagine it would empty out fairly quick. But then I suppose actually, if you've got something like the new, uh, like the 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 tuna hydrolysate, that's very thick, isn't it? Very tar-like substance, thicker than the the salmigo that I keep banging on about. I guess that would pour out real slow. Yeah, I love that idea. Never done it, but uh, yeah, go ahead and do it, and let me know how it goes. Would you do that, Pete? Do you know what? 
I can, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Would I do it? Probably not. I don't know. Depends on depends right. on the lake you're fishing, doesn't it? If I had a lake, I mean, oh, you could do it. Actually, no, you could do it. On, I was just thinking of sort of like tying it up and leaving it there and then coming back like a couple of days later to fish kind of thing. Um, but actually during yeah. a session as well, though, it could be really good, couldn't mm. it? Just dripping a bit of liquid attractant into the lake all the time. It's actually There's a fascinating a little, uh, idea. Dot, dot islands. Mm. Go on. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of dot islands, isn't there, on your water? Yes, there is, but you've got to uh, get to them, mate. Mm. Um, I'm not swimming, <laughs> put it that way. Your boat? Yeah, I just know. <laughs> um, yeah, love that idea. That That's awesome idea, Liam. Nice one, mate. Um, that's it from the older questions. I mean, we had other questions, but they were just not probably not uh worth us expanding on maybe um um but i did put a post oh i put a story on instagram we got a couple of questions there um so first up from that is nine to five carper uh he's obviously carping nine to five um and he said would be interested in hearing your views on particles versus boilies when you'd use them this will follow on nicely from what we spoke about earlier, I guess. Um, how you'd change your rigs for each method. How carp feed differently. Are carp more catchable using straight boilies? I have recently changed from fishing over particle to just boilies, and my catch rate has gone up, something I'm considering a lot more in my fishing. Love the podcast. Keep them coming, lads. Oh, yeah, and I replied, and I've included my reply, actually, just because it's poignant. Um, I put, what is the venue you're fishing like? Easy, hard, how many fish in there, how big are they, etc. Um, and he has put the water. I've seen the increase in catches on. What with the changes to boilies is pretty well stocked, so not particularly difficult and carp to upper 20s. But recently started a park lake campaign, real low stock and struggling to crack the code over there. Pete, take it away, my man. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I actually let switched off. You're going to have to read the question again. Okay, mate. Uh, <laughs> is it like my droll, monotone voice? I didn't realise you went in from sleep. answering a question into another question. Sorry, dude. All right. Well, well no, no, no. Because I wanted him to clarify the, his scenario so we can answer properly. Mm. So, right. Pay attention, Pete. Um, interested in hearing our views on particles versus boilies, when you'd use them, how you'd change your rigs for each method, I will answer that one real quick right now. Shorter rigs for particles, longer rigs for boilie. Do you agree, Pete? Yeah, and shorter hair as well. And a shorter hair for Pete, okay. How? Yeah, actually, I would agree with that as well. Uh, how carp feed differently? Are carp more catchable, better hooking opportunity using straight boilies? Yeah, we, we touched on that earlier, so I think we've covered that section. Um, carp will definitely be easier to hook in that respect when there's boilies spread around. Or, you know, nuts could work as well something similar um so yeah absolutely you're right on that mate they're gonna be i don't know if they're i don't know if you can say they're easier to catch i think the hooking potential is more efficient when they're moving but you could then say you could probably get them feeding with a bit more gusto in a smaller area maybe maybe not it depends on the day really hard to answer that one um but yeah sure the rig mechanics are generally going to work 
much more favorably when the carp are moving in between baits which they tend to do more on the bigger singular baits rather than a carpet of, of particle um so yeah particles versus boilies when we'd use them it depends i mean as i said i like boilies you know coming into autumn um i think animals are hardwired to know what is a caloric dense food and they will seek that out when they need to um, i think they know when things are easier to digest and that's more favorable to them you know etc 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 i think at that time of year they definitely want in boilies i would say that for the spring as well well i know everyone you know you're just on the fluoros you know small baits on on the, the spring not many baits out there i see a lot of people doing that but again I, i'd like to get on the boilies and, and get the feed going in there um summer i ease off a little bit um i don't bait as much unless i think there's potential for a big hit which doesn't really happen bearing in mind my kind of fishing is quick overnighters or day sessions stalking i don't get much time on the bank so i fish accordingly um but yeah it just depends mate it really de there's too many scenarios i wouldn't other than what i've just said i wouldn't really know how to give you a concise answer I and mean, i guess it's I guess over the years you just kind of get a feeling like whether you need to apply some particle or some boily. I, I think I just go off how the situation feels to me um, rather than a pre preconceived idea of, oh, it's July, I'm going to use particles. I, I don't do that as much. I'm sure that plays in a bit, but it's more just what I feel the situation would lend itself to. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything, any uh, any ideas or any opinions on that piece i think no like you said it's, it depends on on the situation in hand doesn't it um every lake's mm. different and everybody approaches different lake differently i know from my experience sort of from a broad broad spectrum of my sort of fishing um i'm a i'm a bait guy and i like tinkering with bait and boilies so that is tends to be the, the most of my approach and certainly the most amount of uh time i put into a certain type of fishing anyway yeah i i think I'm just reading what he said again. He's He said that he's recently changed from fishing over particle to just boily and his catch rate has gone up. Um, and it's something that he's considering a lot more in his fishing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely look at that. Is that due to the venue? Is it due to that time of the year? Maybe they're feeding up or is it due to your particles are not quite on point or there's too much particle going in? I mean, it's easy to cave a load of particle in if you're using like a, you know, a bait spoon or something in the margin. Um, so maybe it's taking them a longer to work through that mass of food. Um, there's lots of different variables I, th I feel like you need to consider. Um, as well as that, there's definitely some venues where the bigger fish come out on boilies. I have definitely believe that. Um, now, whether that's a feed habit thing, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't like to say. I don't know if you found that, Pete. Have you found like some some venues like the bigger fish take the boilies or maybe vice versa? Yeah, I definitely yeah i think sort of like big fish they, they do like a boilie don't they but it's probably a lot of the reason mm. especially on a commercial fishery why they're the bigger fish that's very true uh it, yeah that's a very good point uh is it that they're bigger fish because they just eat a lot of boilie yeah very good point um i don't know um i think we've covered all of that guy's questions um i guess he's I don't maybe I'm wrong I guess he's kind of like honing his skills on this this lake with the upper 20s before he goes on to the lower stock venue 
Um, I, if that's the case, mate, I might be wrong, but if that is the case, I would say, yeah, I, I hear you. I get where you're coming from, but to, like treat it as a completely different venue. Those fish could have completely different habits. You could not get a bite on boilies and, and they're only, you know, sifting through particles. You know, you might have to go to the extent of like super gluing a few <laughs> grains of hemp on a hair or something like that. I've read people do that. I've never done that myself. So yeah, treat it, treat every venue differently. And I would say even treat every, you know, every session differently to an extent. Of course, you know, we get things going, we get ideas and we stick to it, but you don't know what's going to happen on the day. I mean, if you look at match anglers, they're constantly changing. They don't suss a venue and be like, yep, this venue, I need red maggots and I need to do that. No, they're changing. They're seeing what's working on the day. Um, same as the river anglers, I think. Us cart boys and girls, sometimes we can get a little bit too stuck in our ways. And I think switching things up a little bit sooner is is um, generally, it, it, it often pays off, in my opinion. Yeah. I would agree with you, dude. Yeah. If he's campaigning a park, like, get that bait going in, mate. I would say that was the biggest thing. That is going to be something that overrides a lot. You know, get that bait going. Make sure they're clearing that area out. And make sure they're eating on it and just keep that bait going. The longer they, the longer, the more weeks that roll by that they're feeding there without being fished for, depending on who else is fishing the lake, I feel that is the better. You know, get their confidence up there, get them really, getting their heads down and then uh, reap the rewards. That's what I would say. Um, anything else before I pop on? Hop on? No, 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 no. Move on. Okay. Uh, John Boodoo Angling says, Pete mentioned reading some koi papers for research. Where does he source these? Uh, then he's got a couple more questions as well. Where'd you source them, Pete? Google. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All, all Shed Google. loads. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. And I think the key to it is sort of pursue an avenue uh, of research that you want to sort of go down. There's a thousands of koi papers out there absolutely thousands but you can get completely lost in it and a lot of it's really not relevant to to carp fishing i'd say um so pursue an avenue like there's a certain ingredient there's a certain sort of like a, whether it's like a gustatory or olfactory sort of um response you want from the carp sort of like target that find an ingredient or something or a type of ingredient whether it be like an ammonia compound or an acid an organic acid and then sort of like go from from that avenue i would so sort of like find your ingredient find your sort of um thing you want to research and then put that to a sort of like a koi paper search um yeah what about you sam i think that's probably how i've learned most is getting an idea or a concept or an ingredient i want to explore and then going down that rabbit hole and that will take you through other rabbit holes and you'll learn like that and and you know it will take you you know you'll be searching for something um and then you'll read something else and that'll catch you and you're like oh that's interesting i'll i'll put that on the back burner and then you'll go back to it or you'll just pursue it then and all of a sudden you're kind of literally branching out into many different areas and then you're consuming it that's the best way to learn i feel um rather than just searching papers for what's the best you know um amino acid or whatever yeah sure i'm not saying don't do that um i'm just saying 
I'm saying when you get more specific about things, um, generally that will take you to to broader places, even though that sounds counterintuitive. Mm. I mean, the amount of the the I've I've you know been very uh, the amount of times I've been very set on pursuing something, and I've looked into it and looked into it and looked into it, and as a result of that. I've just been like, you know what? No, I need to look into this now because this is something that's recurring. There's there's maybe some mileage here and you'll go off on a tangent like that. So I guess what we're saying is get stuck in, you know, um, just, just get stuck in and you will um, rapidly find more and more research papers. Um, and uh, yeah, and but top, top tip, wish I had done this. Um, from the beginning you know store them all in a file so you can go oh. back for future reference mm-hmm. big edge <laughs> big edge <laughs> it is mate. i know it yeah. is well, how how many times have you have you like it's been a year or two or maybe even longer or maybe even a month and you've been like shit where did i read mm-hmm. that and you can't find it mate 100 percent. yeah this is what i'm trying to say i guess what i'm trying to say is like that that's how you learn things like not everything uh, Google's great for SEO. You like you'll search a word and a lot will come up, but it doesn't always work like that. You know, a lot of things you'll find by accident, which is why I'm saying get an idea of something, you know, p- pursue, I don't know, um, you know, whether carp can detect oil or something. That'll take you into different areas and then you'll learn and then you'll, you'll time will pass and you'll be like, oh, I read something about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll look back and, the best way of doing that is if you keep a note of where you've where you've been and keep a file and yeah. even do sh- notes on that file. You know, a, a perfect example. That's what I would say. A perfect example of this is in a previous podcast. I sort of mentioned um, about sort of like ammonia compounds and how they react with certain organic acids, um, and that mm-hmm. has sort of like sparked a bit of a fire. So, and I had like the papers on this because um, I didn't I couldn't explain it in the episode. Um, and I just know before I had like the papers on it and I know what's in my mind is correct, but can I find it now? No, not really. Cause I wanted to come on the pod and sort of explain it in depth. Um, but then like we were saying earlier about how you were saying you, you sort of like you, you research something and then you go down a rabbit hole. Um, and I've done that again now with sort of like different ammonia compounds, um, how we are talking about flavors. You can't just have sort of like a flavor and search for a koi paper with like a sort of like a, whatever flavor it might be and a koi paper you've got to understand no. what chemical compounds are in the flavor to start with um and do your research mm-hmm. from there but yeah i've got quite into my sort of um my flavors again with the sort of like the amines in there sort of ammonia compounds and i found a few different flavors with a few different sort of amines and i want to sort of i'm, I'm looking at blending them together and then mixing with sort of like some organic acid just to try and get that reaction um i was talking about before mm-hmm. But yeah, I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole of late, and maybe in a future episode, I'll sort of can sort of like divulge my findings and let you know how a few test baits are going and stuff. That would be awesome, mate. Yeah, that would be really good, mm. really, really good. Yeah, you, I've just had an idea. Do you know what we should do? You know how the Carp Forum had a the Carp Forum approved boily recipe, mm-hmm. old Smurfs mix. We should have like a Carp Angler Chronicles approved boily recipe mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be pretty cool wouldn't it and again for anyone like, who's listening like go to the cart forum and i think it's still like a pinned thread on the bait section but if you want to get into rolling bait and you want to create your own sort of like balanced sort of nutritional bait that is a fantastic mix isn't it 
um, to sort Damn of good start mix. with. Sturdy. Nothing. It's not flash. No. It's Billy Basic, mm. but it's 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 good. It's damn good. Pretty inexpensive as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think there's there's nothing crazy in it. I mean, the the, the expense often comes from like your attractor profile, uh, and then we've all been guilty of this. You'll you'll end up like cramming too much in there just for the sake of it, yeah. just because you really want this one ingredient in. Two and a half percent of that. Two and a half percent of it. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do that. Everything's got to work synergistically, but. You also you got to get it out of your system, and you'll do it in the early years for sure. Um, right. Um, the the next part of John Dubu Angling's question is favorite recipes slash ingredients of all time and why. Freaking huge question, dude. That's like a whole podcast. But um, God, yeah. Favorite recipes. In a minute, Pete will tell you all of his favorite recipes um for me i'll ask the second i'll answer the second part of the question which was um favorite ingredients of all time uh, i don't i'm big into essential oils oleo resins um very high quality glm i like my fish um hydrolysates i would say they're they're my big ones isoeugenol a good one um I would say they're my my favorite all time ingredients, but I mean, depends what. Oh, yeast, yeast and liver. Love love liver. Um, you don't see it spoken about that much these days, um, but I love liver, love yeast, love a good yeast. Uh, cheese powder, cheese, love cheese. Um, there are a few of mine. Sorry, dude. I don't know if that. I don't know if you're looking for like like a one or two ingredients that I would just say I would not roll a bait without. That's not the case. Um, although at the minute for my hook baits, I would not roll one without an essential oil and an accompanying oleo resin. Um, that might change. Uh, ask me in 10 years, I might be like, nope, don't do that. <laughs> but at the minute, that is something I am phenomenally confident in. Um, two that complement each other. Uh, essential oil and oleo resin uh, I, I can't see myself rolling a hook bait without those two things in to be honest with you unless i wanted to do something very specific which again i can't see me wanting to pete um dude i need a piss you're gonna have to do some editing but i've got a question oh come on dude come on question for you uh, on the back of the oleo resins all right you ask that and i'll i'll answer that whilst you're peeing and then we'll seamlessly come back right hang on in front of the mic so, dude, like mentioning like the oleo resins. Um, so, I was talking to you about a little hook bait mix I'm putting together, uh, and I was using mm. a garlic essential oil, which is super potent, by the way. I just actually can't get over how potent it is. Um, and you sort of really honed in on me, saying, "Surely you're going to put an oleo resin in there as well." Um, so, I've done a little bit of research on sort of um, the oleo resins now, and from my research, I now now I'm of an opinion where. Surely, like an oleo resin, you'd favour an abate over an essential oil, um, and it would take. I would have thought some of the essential oil properties away from it. So, why would you blend both? Um, I know not always both are available or hard to source anyway. Um, but why would you blend both rather than just an oleo resin kind of on its own? I guess. Um, I want the gustatory response, and I want the olfactory response. Um, and I think maybe it's a confidence thing. But like if if I make a bait 
with just the essential oil in and then I make a bait with just the oleoresin. I guarantee that using both, you'd want to obviously tweak your amounts together, is going to yield you not only much better results, but I honestly believe the um, longevity in that is going to be much, much greater. Like, I, it's it's fairly well written about, not necessarily in like the koi papers because they don't really use essential oils. But it's very well written about um, of essential oils blowing. Pete won't be able to answer because he's having a piss, but I'm sure he, he can back this up when he comes back. I'm back. Um, I do not, I do not think that is the case when you get the oleo resin with the essential oil. Um, to be honest with you, so. I guess because my experience in fishing myself, I've read a lot about uh, essential oils blowing, but in my experience of fishing, I think because I've always tinkered with bait, I've quite often been on the move and I've never sort of stuck with one bait. I mean, we spoke about our bait, called, which we used to call the Marle. I think that was a bait I've stuck with for the longest period of time um, without without it. Well, one of my baits anyway, because I'm always tinkering. Um, the structure of the... I just think now, because an oleo resin is a blend, essentially, of a... The essential oil and the resin of the plant um so now my sort of takings on it are probably i'd just be better mm. if i can pick one over the other i'd probably be better to go for the um for the oleo resin but well that's not quite true actually go on. um essential yeah essential oils are they're they're basically produced by um it's like distilled water that they like steam into the actual plant matter um as far as i'm aware mm. right where whereas oleo resins they're generally uh, extracted with a solvent okay so like i think they use he ethanol or or something like that um so they're not uh, an oleo resin isn't i mean sorry an essential oil is not a component of an oleo resin they, they, it's the same plant matter, but there's a different extraction process. Okay. So obviously, if you're if you're extracting the goods with steam, um, water, literally water, steamed water, into the plant matter to create the essential oil, that's going to come out with something very different than if um, the oleoresin, a different part of it, is extracted with a solvent. Mm -hmm. Two different things. But no, oleoresins aren't made up of something and essential oils. That's that's not correct. I'm pretty certain on that. So, to be honest, to be honest, you're probably right. So I've done a like a very little bit of googling on it, and a very gen that's a very mm. sort of broad generic answer um, that anybody who can do a Google search will, it, will, it will come up with. Um, but like I say, the, like the makeup of a, of a oleoresin and stuff, I'm I am by means no expert. Um, and I've not used a lot of oleo resins. I've used a lot of essential oils. Um, one I've just recently just bought, actually, which is due to be delivered any day, um, is a sweet orange um, essential oil that I've been sort of recommended. So, but yeah, um, very rarely use an oleo resin myself. But you keep banging on about it, mate. So I need to sort of take heed and uh, have a bit of an experiment, I guess. Like something like the garlic oil I've been using. If I was to use the garlic oil and an oleo resin as well like one drop of this garlic oil is just wow like too potent to be honest um so i guess i'd have to make double double the the liquid mix wouldn't i and use only half um, but yeah sorry i'm going off on a tangent go for it dude 
Yeah, no worries. Um, so what about you, Pete? Any favourite recipes or favourite ingredients of all time? Um, yeast. Like I've used yeast in pretty much like m- the majority of my baits. Um, I'm a big sort of, I've used a lot of brewer's yeast. Um, I've been exploring different ones recently, uh, but I've not sort of like used them as such yet. But yeah, I've used brewer's yeast and an awful lot of my fishing. Um, and Marmite as well like, as a paste. Um, you can use it in a in a base mix or in a paste, and it's yeah fantastic. Um, black pepper essential oil, like we mentioned, betaine. I've used a lot mm. of betaine as well. There's varying types of betaine as well, and they've got very different sort of pH profiles. So it depends what you want to achieve there. Um, they're sort of my my go tos, I'd say. They, they, yeah, they're my go tos, and I know we've mentioned it a million times, but the old faithful um, fish sauce as well. Awesome. Good. Um, and then the, the, the final part of uh, John Boodoo Angling's question is, when you're looking to formulate your own bait, what are you looking to cover? Amino acid profile, question mark, taste, question mark, protein content, question mark, solubility, question mark. Yeah, all of those things. How, yeah. You, you go, yes, I'm, I'm looking at all of those components um for sure as well as ph and, and you know and, and, and other bits and bobs um yeah what about you pete like you're saying yeah all of those things um but one thing i'd say was wouldn't be to focus on putting the perfect all of those things perfectly into one bait um because you'll beat yourself up over it uh i think you've got to sort of like pick something that you want to uh, focus on and sort of on focus on that getting that part of the bait aspect right um yeah that's it really absolutely okay um good stuff last question is from fishing fletch who i think asked a question earlier actually in fact let me scroll back yeah he was our first question he's asked another which is cool um enjoyed the latest podcast areas areas slash possibilities for your bait episode um pre-baiting tips modern flavor slash liquid combos rather than old school ones i like that um bait for weedy waters looking forward to it um yeah good area uh pete do you want to go i tell you what i just i like coming to this stage i'm tired <laughs> i'm just like tired i need some beers to like g me up a little bit dude it's not I'm missing my beer i've mate. drunk all my beers i'm a little bit sad have you yeah Woo! how many have you had three madman three yeah. Woo. mate that's you know i only bought three with me they've gone very quickly um it's a lot for you i know yeah wild uh dude i've forgotten the question you're gonna have to go with it again you've distracted me Jeez, Pete. Okay. Um, our man Fishing Fletch has said, or asked, should I say, enjoyed the latest um, areas slash possibilities for your bait episode. Pre-baiting tips. Let's start with that. Let's make life easy. Pre-baiting tips. Uh, I would say uh, two most important things for me are, well, make sure it's getting eaten because you don't want to just keep piling it on top of old bait, um, but regularity. Be as regular as you freaking can. As long as it is getting eaten, you can't be too regular. That would be the main thing for me. Obviously, you know, give them something that they want to eat. Um, you may well want to get um, fish species specific. What I mean by that is, you know, if there's 
if you're after the carp, but there's also um, bream and tench and roach and things like that in the water, you know, maybe you want a bait that isn't going to be attracting them as much and it's going to be more carp specific. Hard to do that. You know, obviously big baits and nuts are, are the easy way to go as far as that's concerned, although they're not obviously foolproof. Um, but yeah, I would say that's big things. Keep it going in as regular as you physically can. Um, steer the type of bait towards A, what you'll be fishing for and B, you know, the fish that you're fishing for. Um, and yeah, obviously make sure it is being eaten. Don't just pile loads of bait upon moldy bait. Um, aside from that, don't let anyone see you because <laughs> you don't want them poaching up your spot. Yeah, I think I think you've covered it, dude. Nothing to add? No, not really. Like you said, regularity, mate. That's that is key. Um, mm-hmm. like the more often you can do it, fantastic. an amount as well. Yeah, but it's, it's again, it's all lake dependent, and you've got to sort of like make that decision on the knowledge of your the knowledge of the lake that you've got. Um, yeah and don't let anyone see you i like that one yeah absolutely um modern flavor slash liquid combos brackets rather than the old school ones i really like that because we always get a little bit rose tinted glasses don't we starry eyed we talk about the old the old flavors we can't get and like we bitch and moan about it um but yeah what are some modern liquids out there that are good I like that question. I like where he's coming at. Um, what's useful, I guess, is what he's saying. What's useful for the listeners? There's no good us banging on about how good freaking, I don't know, Winter Secret used to be if you can't get it now. Yeah, true. Um, Pete, are you using flavours at the minute? Because I'm actually not. So I've, if you are, you might be more qualified to answer. I've literally just sort of like recently bought a new one. Um, which I haven't even fished with yet. I've got some baits drying at home. I'm waiting for it to be like little bullets before I start sort of adding a little bit more of the my sort of like flavour and of some other additives on top. Um, and that is yep. crayfish flavour. So we again, I went down the rabbit hole. Um, oh, we were talking about the old squid octopus flavour um, and the ammonia compound in that. And I sourced a different crayfish flavor which i'm going to be honest with you i don't know what sort of like amine it's got in it what ammonia compound it is uh, it's different to the old sort of squid and octopus flavors anyway so i'm experimenting with that in a minute that's my plan anyway that's um that is crayfish and oh, i can't remember me can't remember off the top of my head but it's a um, british aquafeeds uh, crayfish flavor anyway um, but yeah, that that's as far as I can uh, discuss it. I haven't used it yet, but give us a few sessions and we'll see how I get on with it. I suppose. What what makes you so sure there's uh, there's an amine in there? Is, does it say it in the in the write up, or have you inquired about? I've it? inquired. So I, so I spoke to them. I asked if there was um, I can't pronounce it like trimethylamine. I think that's my best pronunciation of it, um, which is a, a sort of like the ammonia compound and a lot of the old sort of squid flavorings anyway um which, yeah the koi river definitely had that yeah um to which they've sort of responded to say no it doesn't contain it but it does contain a different i mean i've sort of um tried to pursue and to find what what it is but obviously they don't want to let up which is fair enough because it's their flavor and they um highly rate it crayfish and firmador that's what it is like the older uh, hutchy i guess lobster firm mm. sort of flavor 
I'm on the website. Uh, well, I sorry. I will go on the website and have a look. Um, what is it? British Aquafeeds. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I. I mean, I rate a good flavour. I really do. Um, free delivery on orders over seventy-five pounds. Hmm. Sounds like we're doing an advert, doesn't it? <laughs> we're really not. The, the, so, to the uh, listeners, while you're researching that, the podcast we did. Uh, we're on our little social. I don't know if you remember this, mate. We were a few <laughs> beers in. Yeah. But I can't even remember the website. We went on, it was like a Flavor House website. And I think we listed every, or read out every single listed flavor they had, which was extensive. <laughs> um, it didn't mm-hmm. make don't, great Don't worry. I'm doing it in a minute, mate. Oh, great. Don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got it here. Crayfish and Thermidor flavor. Um, do, do you like it, Pete? Are you any, like... Is it good, or are you just like literally just getting to grips with it? I'm getting to grips with it. Um, it's quite pungent, mate. Um, I, was, mm. yeah, I don't know. I can't. Like I say, I'm getting to grips with it. I'm doing it purely for the sort of like the ammonia compounds, um, which I'm experimenting with at the moment. Uh, whether I'll use it at the moment, my first sort of batch of bait, it's um, being used sort of exclusively on its own whether I'll try to mix it with different flavours, uh, with different amines in. Uh, that's probably the route I'm looking to go down. Um, and I'm using that, like I mentioned, the garlic essential oil earlier, uh, with betaine, some betaine in the mix as well. And my old favourite, butyric um, acid as well. Stinky. Needless to say, mate, I have rolled these and cut them outside. I don't want that hassle, bringing mm. them in the house. They are humming. Yeah. 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 What's the what is the smelliest flavor you've ever used? Ooh. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um. Go on. Yes, yours. I uh, monster crab. Yeah. Pro- probably. Do you know what? Everyone goes on about the um, bait work sent from hell flavor oh. being really strong smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever used it? Have you ever had any or anything? Um, I've, or I've, I've, you know, I've never had them, but I've, I've looked at them and checked them out and friends have used them and I've had the smell on my hands for days kind of thing. I really like that smell. Oh, I don't know why. Wow. Yeah. I really, really like it. I just can't even describe Genuinely. it. It's like, a, it just smells like a pair of boxers I've worn in a rugby match. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just, it's just horrible. Yeah, Maybe that's your yeah. thing. There's definitely there's definitely some some kind of acids in there. I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, Having said cool. that, uh, sorry, dude. I was um, fermenting some nuts and I let them go too long, uh, and they got developed like a layer of mold on top of them. It's been really warm. My shed gets really warm, and I just left them too long. So then they sort of like develop this like layer of mold on top, and I was just like, oh, like forget about them now they're ruined kind of thing um i didn't throw them away and then about a week later i was a bit like right i need to get another batch sort of going oh my days the smell of them when they'd really gone sort of like just putrefied i guess um it just smelled like vomit Mm -hmm. like pure vomit but i was thinking like would you put them in a lake would you be tempted me Mm. no no, why wouldn't? 
No, not if they've gone too far. They've gone like way too far, but how far's too far for a fish? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, very true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, there's something sparked in my memory, but I can't. there was. I want to say apples, really rotten apples someone used. Have you read anything about that? Maybe it was in a book. No. Uh, wasn't in an old Hutchie book, was it? Hmm. Might have been in an... It might have been in something Rod Hutchinson wrote about really fermented, moldy apples mm-hmm. being phenomenally good. I cannot remember. Probably just shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> um, and, and apparently very effective. But um, no, if they're nuts, if they've gone too far, I don't use them, mate. I don't use them. I know some people say fresh is better, but I think a, a good fermented nut is is definitely more efficient. Yeah. Um, it's maybe it's what you come in, you know, what what you're confident with. Um, I know Ken Townley is is a is a big fan of just having fresh tiger nuts. Um, yeah. I'm sure many others are as well. Yeah, I, I like them fermented, but not too far. Yeah, I. You were talking about the rotten apples. I've read an article a while ago, and again, I couldn't for the life of me remember where I read it, that it was about fermented garlic, but left to go too far. Um, so it's like literally rancid, um, and apparently the carp go mm. absolutely crazy for it. Um, mm. A lot of that then got me thinking about mm. the whole you blending sort of like a, a garlic, like EO with embuteric, and do you know what I mean? Sort of like got me playing along yep. those lines. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it's probably some kind of chemical reaction that's happening that, that's attractive, right? Um, yeah. But it's like, you know, when like with like a hydrolyslate, for example, um, it's been through that process where it's been broken down. Um, I guess things like fermenting and going too far and going putrid and rotting is essentially the, a very similar process, but in a different environment. Well, yes, but it's also about protein splitting. Mm. Not necessarily byproducts okay. of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I understand, yeah. Do you know what I mean? With with the hydros. But yeah, I, of course. They're, they're, well, I mean, I was saying to you, wasn't I? Like, you you were saying, why do you use amylase to, like, to break down sugars? Why not use this? Well, it, it's the magic that happens alongside it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not magic; it's chemistry. <laughs> but um, okay, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, using different sort of length um, sugar molecules, saccharides, and that, and yeah, and different different bound, yeah, different chains, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like I, I must say, a lot of it, or some of it, certainly, I don't even understand. But I'm be very confident in it, um, if that makes sense. I'm by no means saying that I understand every single chemical reaction that's going. I really don't. Um, I maybe maybe there's someone out there that does, but definitely ain't me. Um, but uh, sometimes I guess you don't need to know, do you? No. That's the thing. Um, so yeah, I like that question. Uh, for me, flavors. I loved. I mean, new ones. I haven't experimented with much of the new ones. I've heard great things about Catch It Labs which are obviously a play on words from Catchem, um, which is obviously Rod Hutchinson's old flavors company, or his old bait company, should I say. 
Um, I've heard good things about them. Uh, in terms of what I use, something that I use that, that you can get very readily available is betalin, which is betaine and talin, which is a, a very strong, talin is a very strong sweetener. Um, I use that for sure. I am a fan of that stuff. I think it's very, very good. But yeah. Uh, I mean, some some good combos of of uh, oleo resins. Are, I will happily share that oleo resins and essential oils. Um, I think isoeugenol with fenugreek on both parts is. I think there's something in there. Big big fan of fenugreek, um, and it's obviously it's nothing new. It's it's a well proven attractor. Um, but yeah, I would say those three go very very well together. Um, fenugreek, oleo resin, essential oil, and then uh, isoeugenol as well. Uh, that's a winner for sure. Um, yeah, cinnamon in in winter. Cinnamon, uh, cinnamon essential oil. Um, I'll be honest, I've never used the cinnamon essential oil with a cinnamon oleo resin. I will be trying it this winter, um, and I'm quite looking forward to that. And a bit of drop a clove with that as well. I would recommend. Um, but yeah, that's it. I've got no real modern flavors to to add. I'm afraid. Sorry, a bit boring. That's it. How are we doing? We still got more questions, mate. This is amazing. Um, well, there's there's a bit more fishing Fletch. Uh, okay. Sorry, fishing Fletch's question. Um, his last bit was bait for weedy waters. Um. Ah, oh, I don't. Go on, Pete. Have you got anything on that? Again, oh, I'll, I'll finish what on. I was going to say. I, I, I only fish weedy waters now. Um, I haven't fished a water without weed for. Um, I don't know, a long years. Oh no, actually, I tell a lie. When I came down and did the social with you, Pete, that I don't mm. think there's any weed in no. there. Um, but all my, all my, all of my waters are weedy. Um, I know Pete fishes a little bit more of a diverse kind of, um, some more diverse lakes. What about you, Pete? Do you vary things for a weedy water? I think the only time I would sort of really vary it is if I was looking to sort of like achieve like fish clearing a spot perhaps. Um, and then I'd probably be looking at using a lot of particle to pre-bait. Uh, other than that, it's bait and sort of like the, a weedy water isn't too something i'd think about too much really mm -hmm. i mean obviously you can you can clear certain types of weed with particles mm -hmm. um so if you want to clear a spot off so it's a firmer bottom um you know you can use small small particles uh groats hemp etc um, and they'll clear off a, an area very well um bait for weedy waters i mean depends how you're fishing from you you can choose some baits that that will lay on top of the weed um, which can definitely be an advantage or other times you might want a real heavy bait that will punch through the weed um it depends i think to be honest these waters where they're very choked in weed as a lot of the a lot of the lakes are up here um i think the clear spots get done to death i mean you find a big glowing area i mean it's going to get a load of anglers bait probably but I don't know if that's always a good thing. Um, depends if you want to catch a lot of fish or if you want to single out some fish. If you want to single out some fish, you know, maybe you're better off fishing them in a way that they're not as used to 
being fished for or or dealing with rigs etc i already said earlier i mean i love using a a bait off of the spot i'll happily bait up a real blatant spot and fish rods you know a a couple of rod lengths off of it um and i'll be confident in that Uh, i think you get uh, what i call i call them orbiters like you'll get some carp that will just like go in there on the feed you'll get other carp that will hand back um, not always, but sometimes the ones you want will hang back, of course, if that's happening. Then, um, you know, maybe you want a bait hung up in the weed. Um, and obviously you can use pop-ups for that. Yeah, it depends what kind of arrangement you want. But other than that, I can't say that I would go for a particular type of ingredient or a particular type of liquid or powder. I suppose you could look at pH. That would be something that would have mileage in it for sure um uh visual baits as well i mean weedy waters uh, certainly ones i fish very clear like the tap water up here um so you know you can get away with perhaps dollar baits than, than you would do elsewhere um i think they can definitely spook off a big bed of say corn too much sweet corn i think can be maybe a bit too blatant for the more wary fish you might get the odd stocky come in and hoover it up but you might want to rein things back a little bit for the older fish that you're after um yeah location dependent again i'm sorry if that's not a very good answer it's or if it's not what you're after but i think that that ultimately comes into it really what about you p any anything to add to that or not i don't think so dude no no um, like you're saying, there's, there's not a great deal of weedy waters I tend to fish these days. Having said that, the one I'm targeting this year is pretty weedy in places, but no, not particularly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you said about the algae bloom on yours. That's like your main thing you're dealing with, right? Yeah, and I think, to be honest with you, I think I, it's just a conf- I think it's a confidence thing as well. I think if it wasn't affecting me sort of like mentally, it's it's almost like it's like, making me not enjoy my fishing as much because one it's like chocolate soup which doesn't appeal to me um and two i think i don't know how it how much it does affect the fishing i don't know if it's just because i'm fishing with less confidence really i guess and i haven't put a hundred percent effort as i i would put into it if i was really really into it do you know mm. someone asked a question on the cart forum the other day um about you know what what people would do in um waters with an algae bloom my reply was like i'd look at ph first i don't know if you've done that pete no no not really i mean again sort of like ph plays a factor in the ingredients that i choose because of a reaction quite often i'm trying to create in the bait rather than sort of like the ph as an attractor as itself do you know what i mean so it's not something i'd Mm -hmm. really look at like that Uh, i don't know if you want to sort of go into it what your explanation was because uh, no, no. I mean, if if a if the pH is is fairly consistent, I mean, in which my boom is real squeaky. Sorry if that's coming out on mic. Can you hear yeah, that? I, can't. I just assumed you're getting some feedback or something. No, it's my boom's gone squeaky. I have to um, lubricate it. Um, yeah, it's what was I saying about? Oh yeah, pH. Look, a lot of the time it's not consistent anyway. So like it it oops it will change all the time. So I mean I've done I, I know Pete has as well. You know, experiment with pH. pH is not a constant thing within a water. Yeah, sure it's going to be somewhere on the spectrum. It's going to stay roughly around there. 
um, great. You know, you can use that to your advantage. Um, something like a situation where the water is very murky from the algae bloom. I mean, first off, make sure it's safe to actually fish for these fish. Make sure they've got adequate oxygen. Make sure it's being checked, um, you know, by someone who knows what they're on about, who, who's got an oxygen meter. That's really important. You don't want to fish for these fish that, that are unable to breathe properly for obvious reasons. Um, so, yeah, you, you, long story short, visual is, is largely taken out. You want to really attract those fish to that area so of course soluble ingredients are going to come into play um, but as well as that ph is is a big one i feel um yeah th th that's about it really um perfect mate how we doing we're doing good that is the end of the questions Ooh. um that is all of them yeah i know mate, it's just um it's amazing isn't it that that many people have sort of like written in i think uh, to ask questions about bait, etc. That's cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and three of them were from the post I put earlier. So most of the questions are from you know people just thinking that they will reach out to us, which is which is lovely. Well, we're both very approachable. So uh, yeah, it's it's nice to yeah it's nice to engage with people that listen. It's a bit of a weird thing, podcasting. I suppose it's the same as making YouTube videos or whatever. Not that I do that. But, um, you know, we're obviously just, we're talking to each other, but we're not even with each other. We're talking into a microphone. We're on the phone to each other. Um, we record our audio separately. We're very disconnected from not only each other, but you, the audience as well. So to get a message, I don't know, it just kind of feels nice and feels like a little community, I guess. I don't know, hard to explain. But um, appreciate it anyway. Uh, for everyone that's, that's messaged in, I appreciate it. And I'm more than happy to to help to help you um and answer your questions as long as obviously it doesn't get crazy and i'm getting you know loads of messages which i don't think will happen um but uh it's nice to have some structured content on this episode and i i hope you've all enjoyed it boom finished yeah i wasn't no i was just genuinely thanking people <laughs> i thought you were just i wasn't rounding I it off I was like... <laughs> <laughs> have we got anything else to add no i'll no. add something no i I think we'll round it off, but no, 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 yeah, go ahead, mate. Um, for those of you that like the Instagram page and know about us for Instagram, give us a like on Facebook because it'll give me a little bit more credibility <laughs> toward the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that. Oh, and by the way, if it, if you can take out a few moments to leave us a review, we would really appreciate that. Um, it really helps us keep going when we get these reviews i know it might sound like a small thing for you and you're going about your day and you can't really be asked but it actually means a lot to us and it really helps our podcast um and the thing is you know we enjoy doing these things but we don't want to do it if no one's listening so it's a great way for us to uh you know reach more people and and you know and make sure that you're enjoying it as well you know in the same respect with the messages you know it's it's really good to hear the feedback not that we want our egos stroking or anything like that that's not the case but we don't want to be spending all this money and effort on something if no one's really enjoying it so yeah go and leave us a review we'd really appreciate it um and in fact pete what we need to do we'll do this on the next episode make sure we remember this we'll read out everyone's review and, and just give them a little bit of a shout out and say thank you um i think that's yeah, only right so mate yeah perfect anything else you want to add pete or should we round it off sign off and say good night yeah, no round it off mate um, I think it's been a good one. A couple of hours in, plenty to talk about. So yeah, no, good fun. 
Yeah, superb. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Much love. Bye-bye.